Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, and then also chapter 10, verses 1 through 13. As I've mentioned before on these podcasts, there were no chapter divisions back when the Bible was first written. It was written as one complete document. The chapters and verses were added later. And so chapter 9, the end of it, blends right into Paul's argument in chapter 10. Now, we as a church family at Westgate are going through this series of of sermons in the book of Hebrews, and you're probably thinking, okay, why are you in 1 Corinthians? Well, this Sunday, our sermon is going to be about running the race set before us, found in Hebrews chapter 12. And there is this theme in scripture of athletic competition uh, compared to the Christian walk, but also this idea of being a pilgrim on a journey. So there's these motifs that kind of blend in the Bible. You've got, you're running a race, so you just keep moving forward. And this idea of a pilgrim uh, on their way home to be with the Lord, you just keep moving forward. And you get this mixture of motifs there in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and chapter 10 that really fit together with what we're going to look at in our Sermon Sunday in Hebrews chapter 12. So that's why I selected these passages uh, for us to read and study. As we're thinking about the Christian life being like an athletic competition with training and regimen, but also uh, we're on this pilgrim journey. We're not home yet. Uh, We're aliens in a strange world, but we're on our way home and we're traveling and the Lord is with us and the Lord equips us. Uh, So let's just Go back and pick up in verse 24 of chapter 9 and read all the way through to 10, 13. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize, so run that you may attain it, obtain it? Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And all were baptized into Moses, in the cloud, in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be adulterers, as some of them were, as is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality, as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. As we go back and we look at the end of chapter 9, you get this idea of running a race. So this would be a familiar concept to the people in Corinth. They hosted Olympic-type games. We think of the Olympics with running events and 
jumping events, but they also had boxing. Their, their pentathlon actually had something like boxing involved in it. So he has these two things of, of running it. And I think he may be talking about the pentathlon here, or the ancient pentathlon. So you had running and boxing, and both took extreme physical training. Uh, they would have to eat the right kind of food. I mean, they even were concerned about diet back then. They had training regimens, and they knew some things about sports science. They're not near as advanced as we are, are of course, but they knew some things about training and what it took to train an athlete. So there'd be discipline and hard work. And Paul is talking about that. That's how the Christian life works. And I, I think sometimes we get confused. Um, the cheap grace movement has really hurt us with this, where people teach this this concept of, you know, you accept Christ and you kind of punched your ticket and there's no sanctification, there's no growing in holiness. But scripture expects people that come to Christ to grow in their faith. And this growing in faith is hard work. Now, am I saying that I believe in works righteousness? Of course not. And it really betrays something when we get confused by that, how really messed up theology has gotten to where we have this problem with the idea of growing in sanctification and expectations to continue to grow. Now that, as you read through scripture, and you quit listening to the talking heads out there and actually read what the Bible says, you'll find that it's all through scripture in the New Testament that it, there's an expectation that Christians are to grow in their faith and to be sanctified. And this is because God is going to equip us. That's what Paul's going to say in chapter 10. He's going to give us food for the journey. He is going to be with us to help us become these people we need to become. It's this concept of synergy. Synergy means working together. So God is acting through the Spirit in our lives to sanctify us, but we are also cooperating by disciplining ourselves and going through what's called spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines would be things such as prayer, fasting, Bible study, and good works of mercy. That's how God takes us and really starts to transform us and change us and think of it like athletic competition. I mean, how good of an athlete would you be if you just trained once a week? You know, think about that. If you said, okay, well, I want to be in the Olympics. I want to run the 100 meters. I'm going to be the fastest sprinter on the planet. And you trained once a week. You're not going to be very good. You could take the best athlete that's training for the Olympics and train them once a week, and they are going to do really bad. And I think as Christians, sometimes we think that Sunday is enough. Like, I'm just going to go to church, and that's it. And then we wonder why we're weak, puny Christians. Well, Paul would say this is a, a struggle that involves all your life, but you're constantly uh, striving to become more like Christ. And then when you get to chapter 10, there's this idea of we're on a journey. So as Israel was in the wilderness wandering, and they were following Moses, and you've got these connections to baptism. And actually, there's a connection to the Lord's Supper here, if you're able to hear it. And he's going to flesh that out later. You're going to find out that's exactly what he's talking about. But here in chapter 10, they are baptized in the sea. They cross the Red Sea. So there's this baptism event. They go through the water, and they're liberated. Then there's kind of an illusion of the Holy Spirit, where they're baptized into the cloud. The cloud was God's Shekinah glory, where the Spirit would have... Uh, indwelt the cloud and so they pass into the leading of the spirit so in the same way we pass into the waters of baptism we're liberated and we receive the gift of the spirit and through the spirit's leading we go on this pilgrim walk and we walk ever more closer to the lord we grow closer to him he says look don't make the mistake of the israelites look at them as an example 
This is serious business. I think sometimes we need these correctives to remind us that there is this sense of apostasy that we have to be careful about. He names multiple examples of where they failed miserably and they were judged for it. And God says, don't make that mistake. Now, one side note in chapter 10, it's really interesting. If you remember, they have the rocket at Horeb that brings forth the water in Exodus chapter 17 in the Exodus account. And Paul says that rock is Christ. Now, we don't read the Old Testament that way. We don't see Christ everywhere, but he sees Christ in that rock that brings forth water, that Jesus is like this spiritual water for our soul. Um, and then there's this spiritual food. So there's the, the connection to the Lord's Supper. Now, if you want to take this, you can. You don't have to take this. But what I firmly believe, and this is from reading scripture for a while and really thinking through these things, I think in Paul's framework of, of thinking, and if you read the context of this passage, Paul's looking at it from the sacraments and saying, okay, if you're baptized into Christ, you are indwelt by the Spirit and led by the Spirit, and you receive food on the journey that's spiritual food that could also be the Lord's Supper. Just as the Israelites were fed manna in the wilderness, well, we receive the Supper of the Lord that sustains us on our journey. Now, why is that important? Well, think about what the Lord's Supper does. The Lord's Supper every week redirects you, resets you about what you're all about. You remember what Christ has done for you. And in some sense, Christ is there with us uh, in the supper. And he is transforming us, literally, I believe, and making us uh, more like him. And so as we consider, okay, how do we as Christians do what Paul's talking about? Okay, so we got to see it from this perspective. This is like an athletic training event, serious business. We have a regimen. Do you have a spiritual regimen that you go about to help you be transformed? That's important. Use the elements there that God has already put in place. Being at church, going to Bible study, Bible reading, prayer, fasting, and communing at the Lord's table. All of these are things God has given us to help grow us up and sanctify us. I firmly believe that. that that's my honest opinion. Uh, I think God transforms us through those means. And when you read Paul in the context of Israel and this intertextual echoes going on in 1 Corinthians 10 and you read on through 1 Corinthians 11, you'll find out that's exactly what he's talking about. Uh, so I hope this has helped you kind of start to develop this mindset of the Christian walk is the struggle where we're going to make ourselves available to God's ways of transformation. And we're going to see it like an athlete in training. We're going to train our spiritual muscles every day. And I don't think we'll be shocked when we look up and find that we have grown in our faith because we've made ourselves available to these things that God wants to use to change us. Hope you have a great day. I hope this podcast is forming you too. I hope it's helping you grow those spiritual muscles. And I hope you join us tomorrow.